0: Happy Sunday and thank you for joining a very special episode of Your Welcome. Well, UFC 275 just wrapped up, and Uncle Chael is here to talk about one of the best light heavyweight title fights I have ever seen. The Bullet facing easily her biggest challenge yet. A wild knockout for Wei Lee and the retirement of Joanna Champion. We got a lot to get into, so let's start with a wild main event. Oh! Oh, guys! Oh! Oh, I'm sick! I am sick! Oh, Glover to Teixeira! Yuri Prohaska! I mean, come on, <laughs> what an amazing job! This was the most incredible fight! Guys, you wanna know why I say that? You wanna know why this is my response? I think Glover had it in the bag. Not only do I think Glover was on his way to winning the fifth round, and he might not have been, by the way, that it was back and forth. I, I don't know this, but I think it. I'm quite sure Glover won the first two. I'm quite sure that he won either three or four. And I think he was winning the fifth, which would be irrelevant to my argument anyway. I think he had three. I think Glover was 30 seconds away. From not only an incredible fight, that's the greatest light heavyweight fight I've ever seen. Any of you like to disagree? I've seen some good ones. Gustafson versus Cormier was a great one. Gustafson versus John Jones, part one, the best. Until now. That is now the best light heavyweight fight that I've ever seen. And I'm bringing that to you because this is what Glover, what a glorious moment 42 years old, his first title defense, his first time ever on pay-per-view points. His first opportunity to be an absolute million. Tonight, it was tonight. And he might have got it. But if he would have won, he would get that again. They're going to Brazil later in the year. How well do you think he'd do that? They're going to Madison Square Garden, which he's already campaigning to be on. I mean, just in all fairness, very interesting. Very interesting and life-changing moment. And I didn't see it. I must tell you that. I mean, I was watching, I got the TV on, I got one I grabbed my phone to send my buddy Ryan a text, and it's over. And I saw the position, but I, I didn't see it head on, I saw the position, I never saw Glover tap. The text that I'm going to send to my friend Ryan, I delete it, and I say to Ryan, did he tap? I missed it. I didn't go back and see it on the replay. Now, that was also what made for such an incredible fight. Yuri's not going to win this fight by submission. We knew that yesterday. We were shown and reminded that tonight during the fight. There was nothing about the first 24 and a half minutes that would possibly lead you to believe that Pro Hoska was going to win by submission, but Glover might. Glover just might. He was close on a couple of head and arm triangles. He thought about a rear naked choke and was getting close to position a couple of times. Then Prohaska comes and grabs it like that. It was stunning. Prohaska's in there bouncing around. Guy looks like a dork, right? I mean, his hair's flopping around. He's got his hands down. Looks like a little old man out there. Glover's the 42-year-old, and Yuri looks like the old man. He can barely move. He's all decrepit as he's changing stance. With Boom! He hits you in the body. He rolls a little bit. Boom! He tries to kick you in the mouth. Yuri was awesome, and he was changing his stance. He was changing his stance, by the way. I don't remember Yuri doing it that much. I think he got that from John Jones. You guys will remember. Yuri went out to Arizona under the tutelage of Henry Cejudo, but trained with John Jones. I think that was a takeaway that he had. And I realize John doesn't switch him that much, but I don't remember Yuri switching him at all. Tonight, he's throwing a shot. He's got a different leg for it. He's throwing an uppercut, and all of a sudden, he's, he's orthodox again. Just little small things, just different, just a lot of confidence, just a lot of power, everything based around a setup. So he's a lot of fun to watch. I thought he was losing the fight and I thought he was making mistakes doing it. Glover was down on two separate times where Yuri back and said, get up to your feet. Now that takes a lot of courage. And I get in hindsight when we saw it, it was right. Yuri was hurting him on the feet. I get it. But the one thing that you won't find in this sport unless you are absolutely diligent, you study it and you search for it nonstop, is places to rest. You will not have that in MMA. I came over from wrestling. Wrestling was always said to be the absolute hardest sport on the face of the earth. And I believe that to be true until MMA came. Wrestling was seven minutes and it was everything you had. You felt like you were hit by a train when it was over. You would walk to the edge of the mat and you would collapse in seven minutes until you discover MMA. In wrestling, just by example, if you stall, maybe they take a point. There's where you get on a guy's arm, you grab his wrist, you snap his head down, you're catching breaths all the time, if you want to. You get into MMA, there's nowhere to hide. He's not trying to score points on you. He's trying to hurt you. And I only bring that to your attention because you're, he did fight like a young fighter tonight. He made a ton of mistakes tonight. That's a compliment. If you could be the best in the world doing things wrong, if you could be the baddest dude on earth, but you still have potential to grow. Do you see where that's scary? Do you see where that's a problem? And Yuri was making mistakes as a guy who was not proficient in five-round fights. He was. It all worked out for him. But I do think that he's going to grab some stuff from this. And I don't know that he's going to go on top of a guy. I, I think he always should. I think that that's a very wise thing to do. Take those breaths, especially when the guy's hurt. If you've got him hurt on the feet, you've got to hurt him on the ground, right? I mean, you, you, you see the oxymoron in this. I want him up on his feet so I can knock him to the ground. He's on the ground. He's, he's right there. Go get on top of him and keep him on the ground. That's a theory. Awesome fight. And I'm not giving him a hard time. I know it sounds like that. But that's where the excitement is if you're a Yuri fan. He did not fight a perfect fight. and turns out he's the best fighter in the world. It's very exciting. A lot of potential there. Now, what do you do? What do you do? If Glover Teixeira is not given an immediate rematch, Glover needs to have his eyes wide open and his ears open and get the memo. Because you could not tell him any clearer, we don't respect you and we don't want you. That's mean. But we all have a time. It's just the truth. And if the decision makers decide that that's now for Glover, real simple, you never have to tell him. Never have to call the manager, never need to sit down at lunch, have a real hard conversation. Just don't give him the immediate rematch. There will be no other way to explain that. Why would you put Jan Blahovich in there? Why? You can answer the question. He's the number one contender, right? Well, he's not the number one contender now, so don't tell me that. If Glover was just the champion of the world, and he loses the belt, he becomes the number one contender for his own damn championship, so don't tell me that. Why would you put him in there? Because you think it'd be a fun fight. That's the answer. You got the Polish power with the unorthodox of Yuri. I will listen to you. And I don't think you're wrong. If you're going to turn to Uncle Ivan Anthony Smith, why would you put the winner in there? And you can tell because how well they've done and what they're ranked. They're not going to be above Glover, who is now number one. And you could come to the conclusion it's going to be a fun fight. I don't disagree with you there. We know Glover versus Yuri is going to be a fun fight. He was 30 seconds away. He had shocked the world. He took this young kid down within 30 seconds and beat the holy hell out of him. He had him in three different finishing holds and I believe when we finally get the judges' scorecards, I believe Glover just needed to beat the clock. I think he already beat Yuri Prohaska. I don't think he had to beat Pro- Yuri Prohaska anymore tonight. I believe the beating was done and I believe the judges will successfully confirm what I'm saying. The only thing Glover had to outrun was the clock. That was the best light heavyweight fight that I have ever seen. And if you want me to make my prediction, no, he's not going to get the immediate rematch. He's going to get the cold, hard memo. But if you want to have a meaningful conversation of what should we do now and why should we do it, if you want to talk about the history of the sport and what epic matches have happen when you have a result like that, you rematch them. That's just the truth. We'll see where that all goes, but I think the light heavyweight's very fun right now. I think the absence of John Jones is probably a waste of time to discuss that John could return to light heavyweight. I believe that ship has long sailed. But if John isn't getting fights, and for whatever reason he isn't. I don't know what he weighs, but if he's in striking distance and he wants to sell a lot of tickets, I could name five really fun fights at light heavyweight. I couldn't say that when John was still there. He was the champion. He sucked all of the air out of the room. Everybody believed how great he was. These other guys didn't get their shine. They didn't get their opportunities. They didn't get their main events. They didn't get their titles. They didn't get their posters. They didn't get their marquees. Now they have. Prohaska versus Jones is interesting. Reyes versus Jones is interesting. Blachowicz versus Jones has never been done. I mean, it's one of these things where there's some real excitement. If Daddy wanted to come home, I happen to think he would be welcome. The Bullet versus Santos. Guys, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? And we need to figure this out real quick. You want to talk about what a great fight it is or do you want to bitch about the decision? We got to do one. And the, the narratives that I've seen, and I, I know I get to the party before anybody else. I know I'm one of the first to come out and speak to you. But in all fairness, there's forums that, that get here even faster than Chael's YouTube page. And it is sh- straight down the middle. People that are furious about the decision and people that are so impressed with the wonderful fight. I must tell you before you think I'm about to come in here and virtue signal with my ha- high-handed approach and tell you that I appreciate the content, I'll go I'll go with you either way. I mean, there really is a topic here. Either way, we have talked about this over here at Bad Guy Inc. this week. How are you going to score a fight? The unified rules are extremely clear that the number one thing you are to look for is effective striking. They couldn't be clearer. The second thing you were to look for is control. The rules couldn't be clearer. But if you go and watch that first round, you understand why we can't follow those rules. We simply cannot observe those rules. We must adjust for the error in the wording of those rules. In the very first round, guys, Valentina Shevchenko, don't get me wrong here, okay? Don't, don't think, well, ah, Chael's getting closer, Chael's using a broad stroke. I'm mean, being as literal as I know how to speak. 100% of the strikes were done by the bullet. The bullet was taken down and controlled and had us on the edge of our seat of whether or not she was going to be submitted for four minutes and ten seconds. So who do you think we should give that to? If you were to give it to whoever within the frame, which is around, had more and better strikes, it's not even a question. The only one that had strikes was the bullet. The bullet got dominated controlled, frustrated, nearly submitted, however you're going to define nearly submitted. Remember, you guys saw what I saw. I'm, I'm speaking in a fair way. Of course she lost that round. Of course she did. And I talked to you guys earlier in the week that I will admit for you that the unified rules say effective striking is the number one thing you're supposed to look for. I just won't admit for you that that has to be done with closed fists, elbows, knees, and kicks. I won't. There's other things that you can give damage. You can damage somebody mentally. If you frustrate them, if you exhaust them, if you worry them, those things are damaging. So how are you going to score it? And I'm not getting up your ass about this. I'm telling you what you saw. The first round for the rules obviously goes to the bullet. She's the only one that did strikes, and she did about 30 of them to zero. Of course she lost the round. She was dominated for 4 minutes and 10 seconds. But it's very relevant that we start there. It's very relevant that we start to look into how do you want to score these things. Because if you go to round 2 and you go to round 3, I mean, listen... If you're going to be corrective and offer a helpful criticism, a helpful criticism because we want to be very respectful of Santos after what she did, you got to throw strikes from the top. There's no easier place in a fight to land a strike. The person's under you. And it's one of the rules if you study military strategies. It's called the higher ground. When you're on your feet, it's even, and you're slipping, and you're moving, and it's dangerous, and maybe you're a little better at it than that, but it's still hard to do. Easiest thing in the world is when you're on top of somebody. She did throwing strikes. The greats, guys. The true greats in this sport. I'm talking about the Khabibs. I'm talking about Randy Couture. I'm talking about George St. Pierre. I'm talking about Daniel Cormier. The greats were experts in jiu-jitsu that would strike from the top. Real simple. They'd be the ones to get on top. They were experts in jiu-jitsu. So it was never a question that they would be swept. It was never a question that they were going to get caught in a submission. They knew exactly how to control themselves. And then they would hit you. Real straightforward. Santos was a master of jiu-jitsu, and she showed it. She had opportunities tonight if she wanted to check out. She did it. And she was skilled enough to not have to. But she didn't strike. Santos, while being on, being on the ground and being on top, was losing the striking battle. We have seen that before, but it's rare. I go back to the first time we ever saw it. It was Boss Rutten versus Kevin Randleman. 25-minute fight, 25 minutes of Kevin Randleman on top. They get up, they go to a decision. All three judges gave it to Boss. If I have that wrong, it was a split decision. But, but, they should have. Boss is on bottom, not where he wants to be, and he's elbowing and he's punching. And he does it for 25 minutes, Randleman laid on top of him. Very big clue. We have to see those things. Now, it's not often that you do see that. But you do see that. We just saw in a, in a shorter sense because it wasn't the entire contest, but uh, round one of Chandler versus Ferguson. Ferguson's on bottom throwing strikes and Chandler's in survival. It's, it's rare. That's why I'm just offering you a couple examples. You damn near have to go from boss to Tony, right? It's, it's damn near a 20-year split in between. But then we saw it tonight. The bullet just simply outworked her, period. She lost positions and then outworked her. She outstruck her. And it is tough. I mean, in, in all fairness, if you're on top of somebody or you're on bottom of somebody, you're not getting a submission just stop with all that you're you're not getting a submission now if you want to tell me I'm wrong you will be able to you're going to have to search for it you're going to have to go through a lot of cards and a lot of fights but of course you're going to find examples but once you do find that example it's going to be a rear naked choke now just so you understand for the people at home rear naked chokes aren't as effective as you think the opponent is cooperating When the opponent's on bottom and gives you your back to get to that position in the first place, they are considering quitting. But it's really relevant that you know that. Because if you're Santos and you're going back in the gym and you're going to work hard for five hours a day every single day and you're spending time on go-go plotas and knee bars and reefs and heel hooks and inverted position, you're working on -on two-on-ones and Kimoras, you're wasting your time. It doesn't work. Statistically, it doesn't work. It's not there. Get on top. Get really good at defending submissions. You want to be good at that stuff. Then you want to pound. That's the only thing that she didn't do. Now, I'm being hard on her. A lot of people thought that she won that fight. I'm not trying to be hard from being rude. I'm coming in because I'm quite sure we are going to see them do it again. And one thing about Santos, it's it's nearly impossible to win a title. Nearly. To win the title, your first time, or just meaning you're beating the champion, right? It's nearly impossible for you to find an example where an athlete threw away the fifth round and won a strap. Nearly impossible. Losing the fifth round is not what we're talking about. I'm talking about where you go out there and you sail it in. I'm not going to win this round, but I'm not even going to try. I'm going to survive this round. I'm going to eat up the clock, and we're just going to see what the judges say. And that is what she did in this fight. Santos was awesome. But if you want to talk about the battle of heart and grit, which is all these contests come down to, are you going to make me quit, or am I going to succeed at making you quit? That's the only thing we're doing out there. And if you do want to talk about that, the bullet out-toughed her. Because the bullet fought for 25 minutes, and Santos fought for 20. That's the truth. That's hard, and you're not going to love that. Not right now, because she did such an incredible job. But guys, we've spoke about this many times. Many, many times. A win against Valentina is not taking her belt away, or at least isn't exclusively taking her belt away. If you go five rounds, you just won. You just impressed everybody. If you win a round with the bullet, you just won. You've now done something that only one athlete has ever done, not named Amanda Nunes. If you win two rounds against a bullet, you just set a record. For any athlete ever within this division and any athlete period not named Amanda Nunes. So for Santos to go, I mean this was awesome guys. And I trust that she will gain some confidence. I liked her demeanor. I liked her attitude. I liked when the fight was over that she doesn't throw her hands up and do that whole thing. I like when they're reading the announcement; she showed no expression. I mean, if she would have won the championship tonight with the zero expression she had, that would have been one of the coolest moments ever. But the mere fact that she lost it in all fair, she just handled herself very well. Valentina is not likable. I don't know why. She's awesome, and she appears to be really nice. I cannot remember anything that she has ever said or done that was rude. But I don't know if it's a language better, I don't know if she tries too high, I don't know if that's the problem, so we take it as unrealistic, right? If you can go five years in front of the camera and never step out of line once, you're probably not being yourself. And maybe that's what you guys see through. But it's very tough. I don't know any athlete better in this sport than the Bullet. I do know some equals. I would put Khabib, I would put George St. Pierre, I do know some equals. I would put Kamara Uzman. I know some equals. I don't know anybody better than her. And the fact that she's been doing this as long as she has been doing this, and she's a co-main event, and I don't throw that in to be a dick. I throw that in because some of you were getting ready to leave me a comment about, Chael, how could you say Well, I can say it as long as she's the co-main event. That's how I can say it. Because I didn't make her that. You guys did. You do not get behind her. You do not enjoy her for whatever reason. And one of my guesses is, aside from you just simply not finding her likable, is that she can't really captivate our imagination that she's going to lose. We don't really want to know a story or a book or a song or a poem if we know how it ends. It's very hard to come along the long journey. The training camp, the media, the weigh-in, the walkouts, the announcements, the fight. It's very long, right? It's not just the night of the fight. It's an entire journey. It's very hard to come along if we know what the ending's going to be. Santos just rewrote that. Santos has to make one adjustment. I'm not sure that Valentine can. Valentina fought a nearly perfect fight. She found herself in a situation that was harder than she was ready for it to be, and she dealt with that, and she deserves credit, and I damn sure give it to her. But I don't know from an X's and O's standpoint that there was anything that she could have done differently or better, particularly in what's going to be a training camp, roughly five to six months until they're back in there again, if they immediately rematch this, which they absolutely and obviously should. I can't say that for Santos. Her lungs held up. Her conditioning was great. She went all the way 20 hours on a terrible plane. She did everything that was awful and then went out and kicked the bullets ass. She just wasn't busy on top. She got it to MMA with high level jujitsu and she was acting like it was jujitsu. When you're on top, you pound. That's what you do on top. If you see a submission, you go after it like a shark with everything that you've got and you limit that down to a couple. If it's not an arm triangle, if it's not a guillotine, if it's not a rear naked, let it go. Because a waste of time. It's not going to work. So I really encourage Santos, when she gets back in the room, they got her drilling, they got her doing all of this crazy stuff that she's never seen anybody succeed with, and now she knows she's not going to succeed with either, throw it out. Make some fists and start throwing them at your opponent. Yoana versus Wei Li, guys, I don't know where to begin on this because of the retirement. Right, this is a death. It's it's the death of a career. But boy, is there anybody that we've come along with more? You could probably name some athletes where you've been right there with them. Equal. I'm asking you more than Yoana. She's a very rare thing. She is so rare. Yoana came into the UFC and had a fight. I can't remember who she fought. All of a sudden, she's going to be fighting Rose for the championship of the world. And this was skinny Joanna, She had, uh, 23 years old. She's this Polish gal. Like, we hadn't had a whole bunch of Polish fighters. So, okay, what do we expect over here? What's going on? She had this fly leather jacket. Do you guys remember leather jacket Joanna? Because that was a whole other Joanna. So Joanna's doing this thing, and she was in everybody's face, which simply had not been done by the women before. The closest that we had gotten was Ronda Rousey but Ronda did not go as far at that point as Joanna did. Joanna was further. She was the first. Joanna was the first girl to create those kind of problems. And she didn't do cursing, she didn't do it through putting you down. She was stern, she was intense, and she was sincere. When Joanna came out and told you the audience, I'm going to beat somebody's ass, you believed her. You remember leather jacket Joanna truly it was a time, ton- showed up at every press conference with it. But she used to do this. She used to just hold up the finger, right? The number one. We've seen people do that. Boss Ruten used to do that. Chris Levin had the one finger. She used to do this. She gets in a face off with, uh, with Carla, Asparza. So Asparza apparently, who was the champion of the world, apparently did not follow Joanna enough to know this is Joanna's thing. So they're doing a face-off, and they get face-to-face. I mean, girls are always as, as sweet as cake to each other, right? So they get off. They're doing their face-to-face, and you, you got Carla up there, and she's smiling. She's got the belt. She's going to come out and defend it. Leather jacket, Joanna steps forward and puts up the one. So Carla's like, oh, cool, we're doing the one, and Carla throws up a one. Now, you must understand to appreciate the story in case you missed it. Carla's the champion of the world. She's got the 12-pound gold belt right here over her shoulder. So she throws up a number one. She thinks we're doing a little photo op, and we're going to shake hands, and I'll see you tomorrow. Joanna says to her, you don't hold up number one. You are not number one. You put that down. You put your finger down. And Rose, I apologize, and Carla put that finger down. And I remember that moment because that moment, everything changed. Carla was going to beat her. Carla was the favorite with two, maybe a a two-and-a-half-to-one favorite. Carla put that finger down and her total, uh, her body language changed. She just didn't know. She just didn't know she'd never had anybody in competition in her wrestling days, which is all about sportsmanship or even MMA, up until that very moment. She never had anybody do this to her. And I remember that moment. I remember Leather Jacket Joanna telling the champion, of, she's 23 years old. That's all she, she's 115 pounds. She comes into press conferences and she's running the show. I remember that. And right after that, we had what's called a a fighter summit. Dana Librenzo brought everybody, all 556 athletes from around the world. They bring them out to the Red Rock. We got classes for for three or four days, right? Anyway, I remember being there. And I could name drop on you. I mean, anyone you could think of that was there 10 years ago was in that room. Anyone. I was sitting next to Rhonda on one side and Alistair Overeem straight behind me, just for perspective. But anyone who's... we're all there. Dana's there. Lorenzo's there. When I tell you we're all in one room, Joanna comes walking in the room, in that leather jacket, by the way. People start turning. They start talking. I hear fellow fighters, stars, pay-per-view stars, champions. I hear them saying, that's her. They're whispering, that's her. That's the Polish girl. That's Joanna. I'm sharing for you. This girl was massive from Jump Street. You can talk about Conor McGregor rose up the ranks fast. You can talk about how fast Brock did it. You're going to tell the story of instant stardom, and you leave Yawanna out, you have lost credibility. She is awesome. And one thing that Yawanna does, I think I'm chauvinistic. I think that I am, but, but I, know I, I, I know I don't want to look it. I know I don't want you to see it. But I will share with you, I've never said that I look up to a female fighter. I haven't said those words before. I haven't said that I look up to somebody who's younger than me. I haven't said I look up to somebody who's smaller than me, right? I mean, there's like a code on who people choose to emulate. I admire her so much, and you want to know what you want to know what she does and always has done, that I wish I could have. She competes. She competes no matter what. You can talk about her kickboxing, her grappling, her MMA. You can go through the list. You're missing the great intangible. You're missing what is in here. And she showed it tonight. This sport is presented to you as a battle of skill. It's the punches and the kicks of one person versus the punches and kicks of another. That's how it's presented to you. Anybody who does this sport knows it's got nothing to do with that. I'm going to make you quit before you make me quit, or I'm not. That is all we are testing when we get in there. And we'll talk about our teams and our trainers and our childhood, and we'll bow and pay our respects based on what discipline we come from. We will play along to the narrative that it's your skills versus mine. But we know you're either going to make me quit or I'm going to make you quit. That's what we're doing. And Joanna was in three different positions tonight. Three different positions where she could have checked out and nobody would have questioned it. She could have found a submission. She could have stayed against the fence. She could have let the referee jump in there and stood up and acted like it was a quick call. There's all sorts of things that fighters, and fighters did it all night long. They do it every single night. And we don't ever call them on it because we all do it. We just act like, oh, that's what it. She didn't do any of them. She fought her ass off. That fight wasn't at all about I quit or you quit. Wei Lee had to put her down. She had to put her down. That's the only way to beat her. Do you know how honorable that is? If you go out like that, and that is how you are remembered by your fellow fighters, as a fighter's fighter to the bitter effing end, no matter what, if that's how you're remembered. I don't know if that sounds cool to you. I, I don't know that for sure. I can just tell you with the locker room. That is all anybody wants. They'll put that in front of the millions of dollars. They'll put that in front of all of the fame. And they'll put that in front of the championship. They want to be remembered as somebody who fought hard and had heart the whole time. And that is exactly how Ioana's going out. All right, guys. That's it for today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And I hope that you continue to leave reviews for the show on Spotify and Apple Podcasts because my mother looks at it and it pads my ego. Well, we got another big week in MMA coming up. I'm going to be back here to talk about it all on Wednesday. Until then, I'm Chael Sonnen and you are welcome. Welcome.